Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 160th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your uh, exceedingly good, or at least winning, Toronto Blue Jays. We are less than 20 games into the season, which means that uh, we know all that there is to be known about this group of Blue Jays, and it looks pretty good so far. It's fun. I think that's the best the best way to describe it. Just like last week, everybody's having fun. Of course, uh, you know you can't have fun all the time, but they're having fun. The team is fun. The team is likable. Guys are playing well. Guys who are not good, you know, it's charitable to say, are playing well and having fun and playing above their heads a little bit. Doesn't mean it's going to last forever. So we're going to enjoy it while we can. And joining me, the most enjoyable man, the man known to enjoy almost everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, o- old reliable. Old reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm, I'm well. Yeah, everything twice. That's, that's my motto. You might, <laughs> Up with people. That's, you might not uh, like that, it that's your time. ethos. Yeah, that's how I live my <laughs> life day to day. Uh, but yeah, no, it's weird because we have this thing where we have to talk about this team and be like, uh, not certainly not sober analysts. I mean, I won't speak for you, but I certainly not me. But like I, to actually assess what is going on in some basis of reality, and when a team mm-hmm. has a thing like it's doing right now, where it's been so fun and they've started so great, and stupid little things like Luke Miley being able to, you know, being the the new Ryan Goins with runners in scoring position and like having a fucking like 260 weighted runs created plus at this point. Uh, it's hard to talk about them in like realistic terms without seeming like you're just shitting on the whole thing. Uh, but I, I, we, so we will have to try to strike a balance because yeah, it's been awesome. And it's been nice to think that, Oh, this is a collection of baseball players who can beat a lot of other collections of baseball players pretty much, you know, anytime, uh, anytime they go out on the field, they have a chance to win. It seems like, I mean, that's silly a bit, but so far, so good. I think the encouraging and the exciting thing for most people, or or people like us who are, as you said, sort of on that line between kind of um, uh, very emotionally invested fans and also sober analysts or whatever, is that when you look at the way that the team has performed, in, in large part, you see the product of the team that they kind of wanted to build Mm -hmm. uh, in a way where it's the depth and it's a lineup that doesn't have a lot of holes. And it's one that has, as a result, because they've tried to raise the floor as it was the mantra. And there are better players coming to the plate more often. There's not the, a giant sinkhole that's going to individually kill a rally, or there aren't three and four guys who are, who are, I don't know, struggling or whatever you know all the different things that, that plagued this the team in 2017 in particular but also the, the offense in 2016 while they did of course make the american league championship series the offense was a far cry from what it had been the year before um so having that bit of balance and knowing that yeah you, you know uh on hervis salarte is not the prototypical cleanup hitter but <laughs> right yeah and yeah and he's hitting obviously he and, and many others are in fact playing above their heads, but you can see how the pieces sort of fit together, whether or not they are, there are guys playing over their head where when, when they come back to, to earth, they're more likely to come back to earth as opposed to crash down to the bottom of the sea where their true talent level would maybe 
survive, live if they were a worse player. A worse player who is was somewhat baffled by the fact that he was, uh, you know, surplus to requirements given his offensive performance for his life. And then he got a big <laughs> pop. At least that was nice. It was a nice moment. Nice moment for Ryan Goins. Yeah, that was sure, sure. That, no, I, honestly, yeah, that was fine. That's nice. I mean, I, I remember hearing people booing at Carlos Delgado, but uh, but sure, give a nice moment to Ryan Goins. That's fine by me. Uh, but yeah, the the thing about him getting upset about how the team handled that is bizarre to me. Though I guess if they did tell him that they wanted more versatility. Uh, mm-hmm. that is perhaps confusing because that's, I think they meant versatility in a sense of like, yeah, we need someone we can actually play every day as opposed <laughs> to like someone who can play many positions. Uh, we need someone who can, you know, hit. We it's, want someone who's versatile in that they can play offense and defense, both, <laughs> yeah. both things. Yeah. When it's their turn to, to, to do offense, they're capable of doing so. Um, uh, one thing, uh, another question. So again, without getting peeing all over the the good time that everyone's having we can't we don't necessarily expect the team to continue like this forever but i think or for the rest of the season but i think it is encouraging or exciting and it is it doesn't if you're if you're in seek in search of the true talent of the 2018 blue jays you know what there's no reward for that but what you have seen is a team that is performing well and also beating up on teams that are worse that if you're trying to find that the 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 true north of the of these Jays maybe series is series against Kansas City and you know whoever else they're beating up and that's even I guess the series in Cleveland barely counts I can barely remember who they're oh Texas who was abysmal Texas, Kansas City one, who are the white hmm? the White Sox as well or uh, yeah well the yeah, White Sox can score some runs right the Reds we we talked about this I believe last week is like that Red Sox, the White Sox are are not there yet they're not a competing team or like a team that's competing for the playoffs but. They can definitely score some runs. They got a lot of guys who can hit on that team. But, you know, Texas is really bad. Kansas City is, is really bad. They're, neither of those teams is as bad as they saw when the, when they faced the Jays, but it doesn't matter. Take those wins. Take them when you can. The Jays right now, at the time of our recording here, are, uh, they've won six more games than they've lost. That's great. Bank them all. Bank all those wins. You're that much closer to 82 or 85 or 86 or whatever it might be. And, uh, and that's great. And it, 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 it it allows us to be excited about them and to find those performances that are exciting and and that do maybe augur well and uh, for the team to compete for a playoff spot this year or well, next year or well, let's let's focus on this year and the <laughs> yeah. team that's in front of us rather than being like this is good for next year because who cares about next year right now we'll let's we'll, worry we'll about have all summer to talk about next year as we did last summer <laughs> talking about this coming year. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, you're right. And the other thing is, you know, we talk about oh well, they beat up on on bad teams. It's like, but there's bad teams all over the damn place. Like there there are mm-hmm. not that many teams that are trying to be any close to decent. And even some of the ones like the Mariners that kind of half-ass tried, uh, they're still bad. Like it it's there are going to be a lot of games where the Jays have opportunities to take wins from teams that they have more talent than, and that's what they need to do, and to see them start the year doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. I don't know that it's predictive. I don't know that I'm all that confident that you know you're running a, a one through four of what was it today? Uh, Pierce, Hernandez, Smoke, and Solarte. I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's an ideal uh, top of the lineup. 
But if it works, I, I think you're absolutely right that the the raising of the floor, just having, you know, we all remember those games last year, and I'm sure we'll go through them again this year, but but last year and in 2016 to an extent where it was just like they could not buy a run, they could not buy a hit, they could not get a couple of hits in a row because they were you would just inevitably run into somebody who was trash. Mm. Uh, that would get well, the other I, team out I, of it. And it, it to, to have that, to, to, to have made that problem less, to have lessened that problem and to continue to have uh, strong starting pitching and a, and a bullpen that's come together. Okay. And, you know, has one great reliever and some guys who should be able to help. Uh, yeah, it looks, it looks fine. It looks like it can work. So one kind of unspoken thing uh, from last year it did make the difference. It wasn't the different the difference between the Blue Jays being good and bad. It was they continued to hit Jose Bautista in the middle of the lineup all year long, even though it was clear by the end that he was not a middle of the lineup bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that only adds to it. Where like okay, if we kind of pile all of our good players at once, maybe we maximize the um, the our opportunities to score. But the Jays hadn't done that before, and they're definitely doing it now. They're doing it with. Um, uh, maybe some unexpected guys getting hits in big moments, guys, but guys who look good, right? Like Luke Maley, sure, he had a negative six weighted runs created, <laughs> no, zero. It was zero last year. Yeah. His weighted runs created plus was zero, where 100 is average. And uh, his was zero, which is uh, abysmal. Uh, and But now he's at the point, basically, where he can go like 0 for his next 100 to equal his numbers from last year. And that's great. And maybe, maybe there's something to it. Or maybe it's just like he's a... The the difference between a a regular and a and a and a and a backup and a triple A guy is so razor thin that every everything happens at the right time. Uh, that guy who is maybe a fringe manager leaguer, maybe the backup catcher, can look like Johnny Bench for uh, for <laughs> eighteen games. Well, there, 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 there is something that augurs well about Miley, which is that he's uh, he had the knee injury last year that was uh, mm-hmm. he, he was on the DL a little bit for it. But also apparently it lingered. You, if you read back reports talking about uh, him sort of dealing with it the whole year, and if that had an impact on how he was able to drive the ball, which it may have, if you look at some of the Statcast stuff, because he's just striking the ball much harder right now, and you could, mm. I think you could see it visually that he's not just softly rolling over on balls, even even though he's you know having some ridiculous Babbitt luck. Like there was one, there was one tonight uh, Thursday here against uh, the Yankees, where it was just like there were two gloves. With uh, on either side of it by like a foot each that just squeaked <laughs> through, which is you know just a part of part of one of those ridiculous sort of streaks that guys have. But but like when you you see him hit the ball, it it looks like exactly what Statcast is telling you, which is that he is striking it quite a bit harder. Which maybe that means he can be more than nothing, which is which would be huge, would be really huge. Hey, I- for a guy like Maley, maybe it's a light going on. Maybe it's a new kind of instruction that he received because he's not someone who ever hit, right? It's not like no. he was a like oh he he just wasn't able to figure it out at the big leagues, but he always raked in the minors. It is not the case at all. But it's nice to have. So speaking of nice to have, there are nice problems to have, and the Blue Jays have them, and that is the problem of having too many good players. There is a roster crunch on the horizon, not even on the horizon. It is here, as uh, Kendrick Morales is eligible to come off of the disabled list. And presumably, because the Blue Jays are a professional uh, sports operation, they're going to honor a his contract and b his his standing in the game, and he will come back to his job, which means that someone's got to go out. Now, the belief is, I guess, that Tim Meza, who is the um, the 
seventh or eighth reliever in the pen mm-hmm. will be the the sort of um, uh, the the one to to take the fall to go back down to Buffalo as as Morales comes off the DL, uh, but that only kind of puts the problem off for a little bit until Josh Donaldson comes back. Uh, uh, making matters more complicated, of course, is Teoscar Hernandez, who's come up in, in the interim and is uh, just absolutely raking, uh, hitting everything. Four, it, four hits the other night, including I was a double shy of a, of a cycle, which meaning, means he had a triple and a home run, uh, hit an absolute, an absolute bomb the other night. I think that was a 15-5 to five game against, uh, against Kansas City. He had another hit. Uh, I believe uh, tonight, another like hard line drive to left field. Uh, and John Gibbons, of all people, just clearly loves him. When he comes up, he hits him second. He doesn't, you know, he, he's he said all the right things. Gibby is saying everything that basically, you know, he, he should be here. He's nothing left to prove in AAA. He did it in the spring. He's done it out here at the big league level. He did it at AAA. He should be on the club. And it's really hard to find flaw in John Gibbons' logic, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah? I, I mean... I, I'm sort of to- I'm towing a fine line here because I'm just I I'm not I'm not pissing on Teoscar, which I think it feels like I am a lot of times when I'm tweeting or writing things about uh, mm-hmm. about what you know what we can really make from his performance so far. But it was it, it was six games in September where he really went nuts. I wrote, I tweeted about this on Thursday earlier here that on September 21st he had an 87 weighted runs created plus. Uh, you know, he just, he wasn't, the idea that he had this superlative September to pointlessly alliterate, uh, is a bit of a false one. He had one home run before those six games and had six home runs in six games. Uh, which, I mean, it's great. The overall numbers look great. Uh, some of the numbers in AAA look pretty good, but I mean, the idea that he, I guess, I guess you could say he has nothing left to prove in AAA. Like, I mean, I don't think he would be a bad AAA hitter. I, I don't. I don't know that he. I, I guess that's fair to say. I guess that's fair to say. But I think he still has a lot to prove at this level. And uh, the fact that he's come up and raked has been great. The fact that he had that great streak in September and showed, you know, what he can really do when he barrels a ball is spectacular. And uh, you know, I hope. I hope it works. I hope it continues to go to to go as well as it has. And I think that the. Uh, you know the Jays should continue to give him a look. I mean, I think until it stops working, why why would you move away from it? Um, but the spring numbers don't you know don't do much for me. The September numbers I think are suspect. The AAA numbers mm. I think are are you know people try not to look at those because they don't really line up with what they're saying. And that's partly me too because he was kind of a different guy when he was in Houston. We talked about this last week or the week before. How he had about a twenty percent strikeout rate and a three sixty five on base in Houston uh, or in Fresno or wherever their AAA team is, and then when he came over to Buffalo, mm-hmm. he kind of had that change where uh, the on base all went away and uh, it was all about uh, dropping bombs, which he's kind of been like since. So he's kind of, it's 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 hard to even assess him uh, as because he, he's had some sort of changes. Uh, not even that hasn't been the only change in sort of how he looked as a hitter, especially in terms of the stat line. Uh, going back, like I think he was, he was a guy who was an exciting prospect or a, a, an interesting prospect for a while, and then was sort of striking out too much in the Houston organization, and and then got that under control, and then now it's coming, kind of come back into his game as he's as he's sort of tried to find a way to uh, to be as uh, effective as he can at, at the the highest level that he can. So, uh, not to begrudge him that, but it's it's just it's remarkable to me how. 
easily people will get excited about it. I don't begrudge anyone for getting excited. It's been exciting to watch, but uh, but it's just it's it's there's there's a bit of a mirage effect there, I think, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But uh, but because uh, I think a lot of people will right away say, "Oh, it's uh, it's Morales. Morales has, is is the is the problem here." The only reason he's going to keep his job is because he has the big money contract and because he's, you know, has some standing, he's the veteran, he's, he's the, he's liked in the clubhouse. There's the, the whole, the, that whole aspect of it. Uh, and uh, you look at a lot of the numbers and it, I mean, it's, you can't say that he wasn't terrible last year, especially, uh, especially against right-handed pitching. And it's, uh, he, the, that's been a problem for him uh, for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And so it could end up being that that's the way, you know, if this goes and that's the decision that they eventually have to make. But uh, the way I, the sense I got from, you know, reading Twitter and talking to people was uh, people are ready for that right now. And I'm I'm not sure that mm-hmm. that's the that, that's I don't think that that's the right way to go. I would be surprised if they took that way as well. Despite what I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they took that way. But I think the reason that people are saying that um, is because it's the right way to go. Uh, you don't want to overreact. Uh, you know, we talked about this hot start and and you know, we expressed our excitement over the way that the team is playing and and some of the pleasant surprises or guys performing at or slightly above what what would have uh, been expected from the team and and how they've got these wins now. And obviously, you don't want to overreact to those. But I think that having Hernandez and Grichik, you there's no reason in my mind to not do everything you can to get them both in the lineup at the same time. You want to see if one guy can uh, continue to to show at the big league level that he can hit because that's what he's done. And we can talk about it being a mirage, and we can kind of pro- we can kind of process it out because okay, you never want to believe anything you see in September and and April and spring training. Of course, is its own mirage. So there's all these different. There's a lot of noise as you uh, uh, you've taken to thing um, in the early days a lot. There's a lot of a lot of noise compared to the signal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's the, the the nature of the game is to produce, and that's you know the, the, that famous Josh Donaldson quote from uh, a few years ago. It's not the try league; it's the you know whatever the the dude or the get shit done league, whatever he might have said. And that's what Teoscar Hernandez is doing. And to to have to basically take his his opportunity away simply because he has options would be foolish. And I and, and whether or not for me. Grichik's struggles are a completely separate thing. I'm happy to have them both. I, if I had my way, they'd both be in the lineup every day. And the thing with Kendrick Morales is he's there's the only reason that he is even in the conversation is because of the money that's owed to him. And like he he, he doesn't offer really anything now, and he does he offers even less in the future. There's nothing to evaluate about him. Um, if I had my way, he it would, that would be it. I was looking yesterday at like, oh, what are some D? What what team needs help at DH? Where could where could the where could the Jays pay him to go and play? Uh, the answer to that is sort of Minnesota, um, but because uh, as I noted yesterday, uh, Logan Morrison is like three for fifty <laughs> so far this season. Mm-hmm. But like they have the pieces to to lose a player like Morales for what at whatever time. And yeah, obviously it's too early to do that, but. If you have a Granderson Pierce DH platoon with Granderson also serving as your fourth outfielder at the moment, your team is not worse than it is 
with Morales in there. There's, there's no configuration. And no matter how much you wish or we wish that Morales is going to be a thing and be able to accomplish things that I don't know that he's capable of accomplishing anymore. There's no configuration of the team that is better with him in it, frankly. And, and so I'm like, I'm, if I'm the, the team, I like, what kind of message are you trying to send to your players by looking for reasons to get, if it's Teoscar Hernandez out of there or to acquire this guy that you paid a, p- a price with players with a very, you know, useful reliever and a not awful, um, uh, uh, you know, the Connor Green or whatever. You, you knew that Grichuk was out of options when you got him. So you're not going to jettison him in April or May. But Morales is like, for me, it's whatever. Like he's a, he's a, <laughs> the, the old term that the people used to use was a base clogger. He's clogging the bases right now on the on the 25 man roster <laughs> and all i want is for him to be out of the way and it's you know he seems like a good guy and like you said he's good in the clubhouse and the team probably paid for that but at at some point like that the the fact that they rushed into that contract you know that they're, they're throwing good money after bad now in in my mind because not only is he not really going to produce at a higher level in a way that's going to make the team that got off to a hot start play better he's he's just kind of in the way and this is one of many of the many roster moves that I'm ready to make. And as I mentioned, Teoscar <laughs> yeah. Hernandez is playing really well. Uh, but also today, Anthony Alfred and Dalton Pompey finished their rehab since they were optioned to AAA. So now, the, now there are two uh, two outfielders, one of a now higher profile than the other, who are going to be forcing the issue, ready to come and and get a shot at the big leagues. One of whom definitely deserves it. The other of whom would be nice if he showed that he he earned it but like that's too many moves away but yeah that like those are the things that are coming mm-hmm. right there's have- all that stuff is coming plus the other the other one the other <laughs> move that is there but there are there are the two other moves that are like, because i think that you fix the the donaldson thing doesn't have to be morales right so morales comes in mesa goes out donaldson comes back you know gift and gope goes away mm-hmm. um because he's not a big leaguer like there's no you feel for him. Um, again, it's a good story. And he's a nice, he's got a great glove. But I think he struck out on three times on like 12 pitches the other day. He doesn't look the part. He just doesn't look the part of the plate. And I, he's not a piece of the future. He's a guy that is going to go back and forth on the, on the shuttle until he's out of options or gets to arbitration. Then he'll be chewed up and spit out by the baseball mechanism. And that's, He's got at least he's got a story to tell. He's you know he's got a story. He's the, he's the first he's the first uh, uh, African born player to make make the NBA. It's or the NBA, the uh, Major League Baseball. It's amazing, and he there's no amount of credit that will do that achievement justice. But I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get, I get you. <laughs> because because Bo Bichette is looming, and because Vlad Guerrero is looming, and I it's I'm not about clearing the track. I want to make the team. I want the team to win, continue to win, and do its whatever it can to win now. But also get start start those start those the 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 gears to clear that track and get a clear path to those who are seeking to seize a big league job away from those who are not uh, not don't hold the same kind of promise to win games now and in the future. I I, I think you I think you make a ton of sense and. You know, I've become somehow a bit of a Morales stand for some reason. Um, 
but I think you're right, and I think that eventually he's probably he's definitely going to have to be one of those moves. Uh, I I just it's it's tough. I mean, how how it's just how ready are you to say that Teoscar Hernandez has to take his job? I I I am in the minority, I think here, but it just it feels. It feels a little soon because I don't know that this is necessarily. I mean, it's a guy who's looked great in a very small sample, like we say. We could say it forever, but he's looked great in a very small sample. But I still don't think it would shock me if, at the end of the season, given an equal number of at bats, that Morales would would have it hit as well. And there are, and I was arguing with someone on Twitter or discussing this on Twitter earlier, that there are many things that Teoscar can do on a baseball field that. Uh, that provide value that Morales can't, which means that he doesn't even have to hit as well as Morales. And the, the hitting as well as Morales bar in 2018 is perhaps not very high. Uh, but that's just, yeah, that's the hard decision that they are at some point going to have to come to. Uh, I'm not sure that this is the point. It, it could be. I wouldn't, I, if, if it happened, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, nor would I be like livid about it. Uh but that's a lot of belief in uh, in Teoscar. It's but the, but like you say, if it's not Teoscar, it's, it's not Teoscar. It's going to be Alfred. If it's not Alfred, it's going to be you know that's the, exactly the it. one or or the other one. Yeah, yeah. That that's exactly it. it it's not if it was just the one or the other. If it was just Teoscar or, or or Morales or, or Kendrick Morales, sure. But it's not. And and at this point, given the 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 makeup of the bigger roster, given the fact that there are uh, obviously, those the two knocking at the door uh, for forty man and then twenty five man spots, and then there are those who are already on the forty man knocking on the door for spots, and there is the relative immobility of uh, Randall Grichik in terms of you can't send him down because he's gone if you do that, and then you've given up Dominic uh, Leone and 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 Connor Green for nothing. Morales is that stumbling block he is the barrier to all of those things right now because some of the other stuff you can make your way around now there are other pieces of the roster that i am uh you know self stupidly very stupidly and very short-sightedly like i'm ready to be done with devin travis at the same time <laughs> yeah you mentioned that which i think is i mean you got to give him a little more time than that some of the defenses looked is looked not good and, uh, and then he's limping around on the, he's limping around because he fouled foul the ball off his foot again. The poor son of a bitch. You just you feel for him. Well, you really do. Again, he's a, he he was a very pleasant surprise and a very key contributor to very good teams. And yet, here we are. Well, shoveling <laughs> shoveling on dirt on his grave with the body still warm and here, moving here, here and here wriggling we, and showing signs of life. Here we will be. At some point in the not too distant future, but I don't know that we are we are here yet. I wouldn't be livid if Morales kept his job and Teoscar went down, and they gave him a couple of weeks to see if he could he does anything. It does seem like that would be mm. a little pointless, but uh, but we're I don't you know I I don't think it was it's it's kind of like with opening day right. It's like people get all mm. hung up on the opening day roster, and people are going to think mm. here being hung up on. What is the roster going to be when these guys come back? And it's like, well, it's all fluid anyway. It's not like if they do one thing and don't do the other, they mm-hmm. can't they can't call Hernandez back up in a week and or you know in ten days and and change their minds or, or mm-hmm. uh, eventually become convinced that this was the wrong way to go. But what they can't take back is if they start losing players who might actually be decent. Um, 
so what it all is going to come down to is whether they think Kendry's can still be decent. And, uh, you know, they really haven't had that moment yet, uh, but they certainly had a whole year last year where they probably regretted the money that they gave him. Yeah, no, I, I think that they did. I, I, my, the last thing on Teoscar Hernandez, and, and it's, we're all guilty of it, but say he does go down, uh, given his kind of trajectory as a prospect, there's almost nothing in him that we're going to believe until he has left us no mm-hmm. choice to believe what he does at the big league level. If he goes down to Buffalo and then for three weeks is a, is a, a machine hitting everything, it's still going to be, while it's still going to be a small sample, it's still going to be AAA. And yeah, he struggled at the beginning of the season, but then, oh, then we're going to wash that away because of the weather. And then it's, oh, well, it's AAA and it's here and it's there. And like at some point, you have to give him the, the ball and let him run with it. And I don't see why not to do it when he's seeing the ball well, when he's hitting balls to the right field power alley and yanking, you know, off pitches down the line as he's sitting back on them and like looking the part at the big league level. Again, looking the part in snapshots that are not representative of the whole picture, sure. But, uh, you know, the, by, by continually to put the, the onus on him to just be like an unstoppable machine for months on end, maybe isn't, ref, isn't reflective of how, what he'll ever be. But also, it seems like a bit of an unfair onus to, to place on him. Uh, and then, you know, with Gritchick right now, there's so much. Thank, thank the, the, the good statistical gods for all of the expected weighted on base and barrels per plate appearance because Gritchick is hitting the ball hard. Right. And, and yeah, it sure has. Yeah. And that's sort of uh, you know, <laughs> allowing mean, for. Yeah. Hmm? I, well, he, the thing is, he, he hit the ball. He always hits the ball hard. And last year, he still managed just a 94 weighted runs created plus. So, uh, you know, that doesn't. That, he certainly he certainly deserves better than the results he's had from the way he struck the ball so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we can agree on that. that. Whether that how much the production that actually should translate into. I mean, expected weighted on base says one thing, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. But also, he's like you know, like Te Oscar, a guy who gives you value other ways as well, which uh, which helps with that. Absolutely. Um, speaking of value, let's move on. We can we can rosterbate the night away, and I'm sure we'll be back to rosterbating in no time at all. Let's talk about the Facebook thing. So the Blue Jays did win 15 to five against the uh, Royals this past Wednesday here in uh, mid or early April, and the game was not on television. It was on your computer or your phone, and it interrupted um, racist uncle memes ever so briefly to invade your TL on Facebook with a very um, unusual presentation. Of course, as people were learning, those who watched on their phone um, on the smaller screen grew very weary of the um, the emoji floating and the comments of the worst people in the world mm-hmm. that just were inf- infiltrating the screen. There were obviously there were workarounds for that. You don't have to see that that those displays and those those visuals if you when you people figured their way out. But I think by and large, uh, the the reaction was overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. And I, you, you led the charge in a lot of ways. So I'd love for you to share your feelings on this Facebook game that the Blue Jays were featured prominently in. Well, yeah, I, the, I was quite negative at the start. I was less negative sort of by the end. I, I had trouble you know, getting a stream going on one of the computers that I use that I, I stream everything on, basically. So why, mm-hmm. why it would have had a, a particular trouble with this, I'm not sure. Uh, but a lot of people have trouble with the with you know choppy streams and things not working properly. Uh, a lot of people said it was fine. 
like you say, some didn't like the the emojis. So a lot of people didn't like the broadcast, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the crew that was at the game, which I understand. I thought they were, you know, they 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 were inoffensive, and there were moments where they I thought they were pretty good. I, I've got a lot of time for Cliff Floyd. I thought Jeremy Guthrie had some had some good moments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed, you know, getting to hear John Gibbons shoot the shit with the guys instead of watching commercials or fucking. Uh, and now for a popular clip from MLB.com. Like, I, like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, for the most part, though, it's it, it's just... I, I, I don't know. I understand the potential. I understand what mm. Facebook is trying to do, what they, why they are, are looking into this kind of a presentation, why they're looking to, uh, to partner with MLB to do this. I understand why MLB is doing it. It's to... You know, take whatever data from that Facebook will harvest for them uh, from the customers, and also to take the thirty million dollars or whatever it was that uh, they got. But it, it was, uh, you know, it was dumb. It's 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 a dumb and bad idea. It's like people, there are so many people who are not on Facebook or are not capable or uh, you know determined enough to be like. I'm going to figure out how to make this work and get it on my TV and make this not a pain in the ass experience. Like it was fairly simple for me. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the technology, but that's not the case for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, when you go and, and you, you buy the extra Sportsnet package to get Sportsnet one or to get whatever else, just to make sure you get all 162 games. And then one of the games disappears anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, a bit of an affront, I think, to uh, to the good faith relationship that you entered into. And it seemed like Rogers themselves, though it, the whole that whole aspect of it was kind of weird, right? Like it seemed like Rogers themselves were not happy about it. They very clearly, very publicly tweeted out, "Don't questions and comments," and gave out uh, MLB's email address. So don't send these to us. This is for these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and yet, it was a decision that apparently was. Uh, unanimous, unanimously approved by uh, by MLB by all the owners, uh, though that is I think just the MLB trying to make it sound like everybody was on board probably more so than like uh, you know I, I I suspect it may not have been as unanimous as uh, as the press release would tell you but but yeah I I don't know it was it was it was weird it was a bizarre thing it uh, the broadcast was it was fine it was palatable I. I I wouldn't want to see them do it a ton. I would. I hate the idea that you don't have a choice to go and watch it on Facebook if that's, you know, you don't have mm-hmm. any other option. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it is what it is, right? It's like you have you 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 don't have a choice. Like if you want to watch the game, that's what they've given you. And mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Like stop stop caring, stop being a fan at this point. It's uh, they, they are exploiting they're exploiting the fact that it's a a captive market. I think that the. I pay for the the package, and I should get you know. I I think that's a little bit overblown. It, it, there was a you know it wasn't that long ago where there was a big controversy about the uh, on the NFL when the NFL had moved games to the NFL Network, and they were impossible to get, or some cable operators didn't offer the NFL Network. But that's one game out of sixteen, right? That's like a significant chunk of the season if you are a hardcore fan of any of the teams that showed up on those Thursday night football games. Mm-hmm. This is one out of one hundred and sixty-two. And it's a mid-afternoon game against the Royals on a Wednesday. So when people start to get really bent out of shape, like, to me, I'm like, oh, easy. You know, have we forgotten how long? Like, it wasn't even that long ago where you could, you could watch, like, one game a week or two games a week. Like, but also, the broadcast was fine. The broadcast, 
while Facebook is not necess- not as as much the uh, dominion of the young as it as people assume, right? Obviously, like Facebook has a, of all the social media networks, it skews the youngest, but it also it's the biggest. Like there are a, there are a billion people on Facebook. You know, Canadian. There's 27 million Canadians on Facebook. The, the 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 ability for those people to read to see the game and to dial that thing up and if they're only watching on their phone i think that that it is also a, it's reflective of the way that people consume almost all their media um for the most part now hearing the out the big out cry about it not being on the traditional like i want to watch it on the tv and i need my commercials like that kind of in some ways pokes a hole in the whole you know uh, everyone's going to unplug and nobody's wants to have a cable bill anymore obviously there's a vast majority of people that do and when they don't when they aren't getting something that they think they're supposed to be getting they're very vocal and complaining about it it's easy for me to say i was sitting at my desk i open up facebook there it is like it wasn't for me it's not hard and i wasn't going to be watching it on my tv at home anyway but i think that for all we we so there's so much complaining about baseball not appealing to young people and baseball being this old stodgy institution with a, a graying fan base and the, this cable bubble is about to burst. I can't really see how anyone could be mad at MLB for trying something different. Do you want them to run it on Twitter? The numbers would be a quarter of what they were on Facebook in terms of people watching. You're going to run it on Instagram where there's no desktop uh, capabilities? No. Facebook is a safe bet. The only other thing they would they could probably try would be YouTube, and they do do that overseas. I think it's a I think it's a worthwhile experiment. I think that watching the broadcast, it became abundantly clear that there was a very direct message to that the broadcast the broadcast crew. Um, I can't remember the name of the play by play guy who. Um, the only thing I take away from him was like a, his, the insanity of his California accent, which was like so strong. It sounded like a Saturday Night Live uh, uh, skit. And then Jeremy Guthrie and Cliff Floyd. That brought the, to me the booth was very green, like they hadn't worked together enough, and they're not on a, any one given team's beat, so they don't know the teams and the ins and outs of the players quite as well. They obviously know the game, but they were definitely told to be very chatty and very casual. They want to make it like. You know, the the way that people, especially younger people, are consuming media like that, where it's very folksy, very friendly. And when you're watching these big Twitch streamers, it's like they're talking to you. And there's a lot of appeal to that. And that's how that broadcast came across to me. They told them to just chum it up and yuck it up. And they were like doing almost like bets and props. Like, oh, I, I got that as a strike. You got that as a ball. And they're kind of having trying to have fun and trying to be very casual and chatty around video replay on a on a play at first or or a tag play at second base whatever it might have been so it's it's an experiment and i don't think it's a bad one maybe maybe i maybe i'm a, a bit of a ghoul that way where like i don't if i didn't get to watch a game one game out of 162 i don't care because uh, i don't watch every single game from from the first pitch to the last pitch i just don't so loot missing one game, if it's in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day, I'm not going to watch that much of it anyway. I've got a job. I'm doing that. So I don't know. I mean, do I love it? No. And is it, is, is it ideal? And is it as good as watching, you know, listening to Dan Schulman do the game with, with, with guys or listening to, to Wilner and, and, uh, and whatever the Syracuse suit A, uh, talk about, uh, talk about the team <laughs> that they know so well. No, it's not like that at all. But, for me, for me, it was fine. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. It's you're you're still getting the game. I got uh, for me again. MLB is is blocked at work, so there was no other way for me to get it. I was looking forward to it, selfishly. Um, they block yeah, MLB, but not Facebook. 
Yeah, I mean, and yeah, they, I guess it's that's, true. I guess that's maybe. If they block Facebook, my job as a social media specialist would yeah, not go quite I so that's well. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I get. I think the the complaints were a little bit over the top, and I'm very surprised to hear that you had trouble with it in terms of well, getting it to run or getting the stream to work. Because if anybody is able to do, like, I feel like Facebook in a lot of ways is like second to only Netflix in terms of the amount of video that they host and pump out on their platform, and the amount of live stuff that they've done, and the, given the emphasis that Facebook itself as a platform tried to put on live broadcast in the last two years, uh, you know. I, I'm I'm surprised to hear that there are people who had tr- troubles with it. Again, I, I'm I'm the computer I use at work is no great shakes, and the, but the internet is obviously like lightning, so I had no problems at all. And uh, yeah, getting rid of the comments, getting rid of the emojis is a couple of clicks or a swipe if you're on your phone. And uh, for me, it was fine. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I thought it was fine enough as well. Um, yeah, Facebook have a lot of video. Is that, is that that's the thing? Do they do that? They pivoted. They made that pivot oh, long ago. Interesting. I'm surprised they didn't have big bars at the top and the bottom with like very vaguely libelous stuff written about the prime minister or the <laughs> right. or the the former secretary of state and uh, nominee for the presidential election. Uh, but yeah, the, the comments though, oh my god, it was a, just a treasure trove. Even before the game started, the comments that were flying through there, delightful. Just the world's some of the world's deepest. And most measured thinkers making their way over <laughs> to the Facebook, I'm sure the Facebook thread. I'm sure that there were. Uh, speaking of oddities and unusuals, let's, we'll move on. Uh, so the Jays played today, a Thursday, um, which was unusual in that they didn't play for like a week, it seemed like. Uh, rainouts on Saturday and Sunday, and then the quasi-rainout on Monday night with a goddamn hole in the roof. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, double header, the traditional double header on Tuesday, which was kind of awesome. That was very tempting. If I had only the ability to just ditch my ditch my job and go down and just sit there, I, I played basketball on Tuesdays. I wasn't going to miss that. But uh, traditional double header, kind of awesome, kind of into it. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, I mean, it it might have been grim had they been you know shellacked like they were the fucking Royals, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was a fun day of baseball, absolutely, it, uh, and and the roof, the wonderful roof at the Rogers Center, um, a problem going to going to continue to be a problem that whole that whole situation. I think, I mean, obviously, probably not going to be massive chunks of ice falling off the tower from uh, for the next mm-hmm. little while. Uh, like a, it was, well, a, it was a bit of a, a bit of a fluke thing, and I think people a bit of a fluke thing. <laughs> there was a piece of ice that they described as the size of a desk. Yeah, it was three feet by five feet. It fell off what was once the world's largest freestanding structure, which happens to be directly beside the baseball stadium. That's a bit of a fluke. Well, there are no other stadiums in 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 the league with a with a with a with a roof that has this enormous tower looming over them well, so, it, uh, it, so it has this tower looming over i mean i think ice strikes are common maybe not ones the size of a desk particularly uh, but i don't know i saw some people who were not thrilled about the fact that they you know didn't just call the game immediately and actually tried to you know repair things and proceed and and i know fans that who didn't uh, cannot win. You can't the, win that. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I am with you on that. I think I think that that was a bit, uh, a bit much when a when a gigantic chunk of ice hits the fucking roof. How uh, many times when when they if there is a game that is rained out and the the earlier the game is called, 
inevitably, at some point in the evening, some clown will turn up on, on social media or look and be like, what, what, they couldn't play? This is fine. This is fine. So if they cancel the game at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they're like, what, they couldn't fix the roof? They had five hours before game time. They couldn't fix the roof? You can't win with that. Uh, it, I mean, it, it is such a hazard, or it is a hazard to the degree that even uh, even today, I believe, there were areas down there around under the uh, sort of uh, shadow, I don't know how you describe it, where the, the crashed ice zone uh, that were still closed to pedestrians. They had two of the gates were, were closed for... Um, for Wednesday afternoon's game, even because people, you know, the rec room and the uh, steam whistle and the places that are down there by the stadium were all shut for safety. So that's crazy. That's unusual. That's not. That's hard to pin it on the the decrepit toilet bowl with its shitty roof. But man, given the way that the games have been getting banged all spring long, everybody should have a roof, whether or not there is a large phallic needle looming over the proceedings or not yeah i think that's i think that's pretty much true um okay one more thing i think we're we have one more thing of course um which is the jose bautista got a job mm-hmm. we can't we can't not talk about that no there he was dunedin dunedin florida extended spring training suiting up for the braves wearing number one yeah that was uh, playing third base i wish him well i hope it goes well and, I mean, third base is interesting. It is a little interesting. I mean, that's where it's a position of need for uh, for the Barbs, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, I uh, if third base is where you, they needed him to be, is it because is that a decision that they made based on his current like mobility? Like you're better off not running around in the outfield and making like a a throw that is X length. Generally, as opposed to taxing, if his, if they if the the belief is that his shoulder or throwing arm isn't what it once was, and obviously his range isn't what it once was, I don't think anyone would ever um, um, argue that. But uh, I mean, it's 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 a no risk move for the Braves. They bring him in on a minor league deal. They make a million bucks if he's in the big leagues, and uh, it is as I mentioned on Twitter um, from behind my locked account uh, that uh, it's Alex Anthopoulos. He comes for his guys. He does. His heart. He very much does. He will always. He will always come for his guys. There's always a guy that if he if he if he if he sees it in you or if he likes you, uh, you know, I, I I can't help but assume that Brandon Morrow, who got a multi-year contract after playing pitching, is fucking out of his mind for the Dodgers. He the Dodgers signed him in a minor league contract too, mm-hmm. and he bounced back and he and he turned up. And of course, uh, Brandon Morrow, like Alex, likes uh, Jose Bautista, one of Alex Anthopoulos's guys. Um, and Anthopoulos seems to think that he's going to be up soon, or or he won't, or he'll be not up and be <laughs> gone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it, uh, it, it's uh, it's tiresome, I guess, at this point to always view things through the Anthopoulos versus the Shapiro Atkins thing, but uh, but it could be interesting, you know, because there are still fans that are that are out there like pining for Bautista, uh, pining that the Jays, you know, couldn't have done something with him. Uh, the types who are like, is uh, I get I get is Batista worse than Kendris Morales uh, on Twitter every once in a while. Uh, to which I say, yeah, probably. I usually say, yeah, he is. But uh, but I guess we will see. I guess we'll have a chance to see. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, he was just so bad last year. I, I, so know, bad. God love him. But I would like looking at it. 
like he had that hot May, and if you look at every other month that he had, it was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. It wasn't like it like that was the dead cat bounce. I think that was that was it. Mm-hmm. And, could well be, and and, and well be. you know, I hope that's not true. I would love to see him be with the Braves when they they come to to Toronto uh, later in the summer here, and I, I hope that he has a productive year and, and gets to end his career more on his terms and mm-hmm. uh, and all that good stuff, but. Uh, but uh, but I'm not I'm not exactly holding my breath on it. I guess it, there was an interesting thing that Jeff Sullivan wrote for Fangraphs. Like we we could probably say that every week um, or every day. He writes he writes five he writes five times a week for that website. Oddly enough, and he, and he does a chat. It's <laughs> uh, a lot. He's, no, he's, he's doing work over there. Yeah. Oh, he's working hard. Um, but he talked about Mookie Betts. Of course, Mookie Betts plays for the Red Sox, and he hits, hits everything. He he has hit another home run tonight. He let off the game. In uh, Anaheim, uh, with another home run, and so Mookie Betts was always a player who, in Sullivan's esteem, he showed a guy who struggled to go the other way, and and he then gets to the point that basically Mookie Betts is right now channeling his inner Jose Bautista, where he's just said, "Screw it, I'm going to pull everything," and that's what Jose Bautista did, and that's what made him great. He was a dead red pull hitter. He wasn't dead red. He obviously could handle you know, off-speed pitches, but mm-hmm. there's no one way to do it, but to be a dead pull hitter is difficult, and the onus, uh, I've said the word onus quite a few times tonight, but uh, there are, it is a demanding approach, because it demands that you have the bat speed and they, uh, to get around and yank pitches that are on the outside half without you know being exposed on the inside half and also relying on your ability to recognize those pitches on the outside half as being off-speed or fastballs or whatever to set yourself up to do that to to pull with authority everything to the left to towards the left field foul pole um and as soon as Jose Bautista maybe lost a bit of the bat speed or maybe it was his eyes or whatever it was he he collapsed because it's again it's a very demanding approach and then he physically wasn't up to to that demanding approach the last year I don't think he's he's 36 years old. He's not going to change his approach today. Uh, maybe he could. However, you know, we saw him a few times kind of poking balls the other way a little bit here and there. He, he kind of tried to refine it. But um, it it is still putting a lot of demands on young player skills that an older guy doesn't have in a league that is bonkers fastball from everybody. So, again, we you, you hope for it. And maybe that's maybe that's Kendrick Morales' approach too. Maybe that's his problem. But and to answer that, is is Jose worse than Kendrick Morales? He's worse at being a block on the roster when they need fluidity <laughs> because of this open pipeline, loose fire hose of of exciting young talent coming in waves, coming in waves, ready to hit the ground running as all young players do, and that uh, contribute to this young upstart bunch. Of uh, of of no account teens as they make a Cinderella run to the postseason, right? I'm in with that. Sure, sounds good. Yeah, get rid. Sounds good. All right, get rid of them. Get get rid of the dead weight. Fine. Get rid of the dead weight. So that means that next week we can. It'll be once Morales is gone in the next couple of days. We'll come back next week and we'll uh, be we'll be trading Devin Travis and, and Kevin Pillar. I mean, that's the next thing. Got to at least wait one, until one, April's done for Pilar. No, uh, no, he's, he's you're I, ready. I, you're ready. No, 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 I'm not ready. Not with Pilar. I'm 
with uh, with the other one, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go with the other one, <laughs> which is so cruel and heartless. But uh, you know, you do what you got to do. Clear the track. Clear the track because the next train is a coming. Uh, speaking of the next train, we are going to do uh, super bet. And you know what we're going to talk about, Soden? What are we going to talk about on Superbad? On the Patreon-exclusive content that is available only to the heroes. We're going to talk about... Who... Oh, please. The, no, no, go heroes, ahead. The, no, you finish finish about what the heroes do. I don't know what they do. But the heroes go to... They have signed up at patreon.com slash birds all day, and they can they contribute to our campaign. You probably... If you listen to any podcast, you probably heard this exact same spiel for many of them. Um, but we've been doing it for a long time, and we are thankful and want to say thank you to everyone who has contributed at any point, either now or in the past or in the future, to the Birds All Day Patreon campaign. So head over there, kick us a couple bucks a month. Kick us a couple bucks a month. You will then have access to the super bad segments, and potentially, hopefully, we've got again, we've got stuff in the got stuff in the works. Um, got you know ideas that we're bouncing back and forth. You'll see some more of those as the season rolls on. So if you want to get access to that kind of stuff, and uh, again, we still have some um, uh, uh, goals and, and benchmarks that maybe we can revise and 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 motivate a few more people to uh, to join up, and we'll 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 do some more and have some more fun. And again, the season, I don't know what win or lose the the team is a lot of fun, but right now the makeup of the team is a lot of fun. Uh, Solarte is amazing, and he has like mm. a humongous. Um, um, he has a lot of appeal. The whole jumping thing—he's jumping up and down the baseline after he hits a home run in April against his former team. <laughs> All about it, very much. All about it. And Curtis Granderson uh, is the easiest guy to cheer for in the history of the world. So this week on Super Bad, which you will hear, which we will record after this, and then those folks who head over there, and there's a separate feed, of course, um, to get that in uh, to your um, podcast catcher. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can hit up, hit it up, sign in, and make sure you can you can find it in there. But uh, Stone, what are we going to talk about? Uh, that would be the the man, the myth, the legend, uh, John Gibbons. Yeah, we're going to talk about John Gibbons. So we're going to talk about John Gibbons on Superbad. So if you aren't already a subscriber and you want to do that, head over there or go to your whatever your podcast uh, of choice is. We're in the process of um, getting the podcast on Spotify as well. Which is uh, Spotify is going after Apple in terms of putting their podcasts up, but so it's unfortunately it's not as simple for us as a, as a push a button or a, it's in the works it's on its way. I thought you should know that as well. Yeah, it's the Stone. first first time hearing of it, but sure. I use yeah, Spotify all the time. I, I, I yeah. I would you love see to more, switch and more all my podcasts, podcasts making their way yeah. in. If I switched all my podcasts to, from Apple to Spotify, that would be wonderful. I mean, not for our I fine would, friends at Apple, but. Uh, but yeah, I tend to I tend to use that app uh, quite a bit. You got to go where the, we we go where the where the people are. We go where the uh, where the ear holes are waiting to hear. The heroes are waiting. So yeah, that's it. Uh, in, the Jays have are in New York all weekend in a infernal stadium that was built within the last decade without a roof, which was just stupid and short sighted because um, it's cold and crappy there. But enjoy the games, and I think it's the Red Sox next week. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know enough. There, there won't be any more. Well, they've only played crappy teams at the end of this. As the Red Sox have, I believe, lost twice so far in 2018, which is fine. And they are not looking as though they are going to lose tonight in Anaheim. They will have gone in and swept the equally formerly red hot Anaheim Angels of uh, Owotani. So yeah, so that's fun. 
Right, by the next time we talk, it'll be it'll be full crisis mode. I would imagine so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so of course, this is uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. His name is Andrew Stoughton. You can read him at the at the Athletic Toronto. If you uh, if you're in the mood, if you're in the giving mood, uh, sign yourself up for the Athletic for uh, for the time, or take a free trial and just look at the, the just the sheer vast quantity and quality that stretches out before your digital eye. You can read about anything. Any team, just about. I apparently find one of the teams. Hmm? I apparently provide neither at this point, but uh, but everyone else over there, both quantity and quality. You got John Lott. Period. The end. Period. The end. That's all you need. Uh, but for for Stoughton, again, check, hook it up at the Athletic. You can follow him on on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Hit ba- uh, hit birds all day on Facebook, uh, where you can watch a baseball game once a week, and you can stop fucking complaining about it afterwards. All right, all of you, just shut up. After I've begged you for money, and now I'm telling you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's Stoughton. I'm Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>